everyone and welcome to the That's Rap podcast, the show where we wrap up the latest films that we've seen. I'm Joe Downey. And I'm your co-host, Matt Parkinson. The date of recording today, Matt, is... The 16th of April. And the time of recording today, Matt, is... It is 3.09pm. Um, if you want to see any of our respective info for social media today, it will be in our bio in the episode below. Um, yeah. It's our first episode in a while. Yeah, this is the first time in 10 months that we've recorded in person. Actually, most of the other episodes you've listened to are ones where we've recorded either over Zoom or Discord or some other platform, because we're in different places a lot of the time. And, you know, not just COVID, but also just location-wise, it's difficult for us to meet up often. It's weird seeing you in person, because there's no delay. Yeah, it's very weird, no delay. <laughs> We're still going to stumble, probably, yeah. but it's going to be all right. Um, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So, it's good what, to see what, you again, Joe. Yeah, good to see you too. <laughs> Definitely haven't seen you earlier today. Um, what, 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 what have you watched lately? Uh, what have I watched lately? I've been kind of lacking in films a bit lately, but I've, I've seen a, a handful. So I, I re-watched a few films. I re-watched The Lighthouse and Best in Show recently with my family, because we love that comedy. Um, I saw Drive My Car for the first time, which was really, really excellent. So since the uh, Hamaguchi episode last time, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, cause, so for those who don't know, in our previous episode, we talked about one of Ryuzaki Hamaguchi's previous films, Asako 1 and 2, mm-hmm. which I was kind of, I had kind of a little bit um, mixed feelings for, but I think Drive My Car is a definite massive improvement for him. I think, like, with Osaka 1 and 2, I thought it was a bit cute, but also kind of juvenile, whereas Drive My Car feels like a much more mature, fully realised film in contrast. It's really good. It won the Oscar this year for Best International Feature and also garnered, obviously, Best Picture Director and Screenplay nominations. It's really good. It's very long, but it's worth it. So go watch it, I would say. Nice. And then also I watched uh, Sonic 2 recently <laughs> in the in the cinema. <laughs> So all that to say this, the real Oscar contender, <laughs> which which isn't as good. It I watched it, 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 I don't like it that much. It feels a bit like an advert to me. It's like, if but you like Sonic... why are you going to like Sonic 2 anyway? Well, this is it. I, d- I don't know. I don't want to, I want to keep an open mind and I like to think that there is a version of a Sonic movie out there somewhere that yeah. I'll like. I don't know. Maybe if it was like purely animated and you cut all the James Marsden scenes, <laughs> that might have been interesting, but... I don't know, it's it's pretty... I wasn't a fan. The dialogue's really bad. The plot is kind of generic. Um, the, the effects are good, you know. Obviously, the Sonic design is still as it was before the improved version of, you know... I saw a meme the other day where it was like, imagine if, uh, if YouTube didn't have the dislike button. We are recording, don't I? No, no sorry, I just... Um, <laughs> um, if, if YouTube didn't have the dislike button, the, uh, the Sonic that we would have got originally... <laughs> Exactly. Doesn't yeah. look good. But yeah, I saw that. wasn't great. If you like Sonic, you might enjoy it, but it's. I think I, I can't look past its glaring. <laughs> You've talked force. about Sonic 2 way longer than Drive My Car. <laughs> um, Joe, what have you seen lately? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, off the top of my head, because I'm not looking at any anything at the moment, I'm going to freestyle this whole episode. <laughs> um, I, re- I watched a. Uh, uh, Drive My Car? I didn't watch Drive My Car. Watched 9 to 5, which is the Dolly, mm. Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda film. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's really great and wholesome. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. But what what I'm a bigger fan of is uh, finally watched The Worst Person in the World. And I've watched it twice. And 
it's just a very fitting film with everything at the moment um, in life. Um, yeah. It's been getting rave reviews. People are saying it's like better than most of the Best Picture nominations that nominees that happened this what, year. What one Best International Film? Uh, Drive My Car. Oh, okay. All right. well, Which is, you know, fair enough. Um, oh, wait, what, I, I what really one Best it. Screenplay? Oh, uh, Belfast, uh, which I, I liked Belfast. I thought it was nice. I don't, it wouldn't have been my choice to win best screenplay. Yeah, because the screenplay for Worst Person in the World is really good. Yeah, no, I'd, people have been saying it should have won. It's like the kind of a separation of this year in that it should have won its screenwriting Oscar and probably a lot more right. in, a, in a kind of tepid year. Did you hear about um, Oscar Fahadi I recently? I did. I heard about the news. Um, I don't know enough about it to fully comment on it, but he... Plagiarized yeah, he plagiarized one of his students' documentaries with his latest film, A Hero. Because I've been so watching, since the separation, I watched his other films. So I watched About Ellie, The Salesman, which he won his second Oscar for, and obviously his latest film, A Hero, mm-hmm. which is the one that was plagiarized. I think he's been found guilty of it now. I won't that go too much so into much. it. It does, because he is... I, I, I love his work. He is one of the best dramatic writers working today. Right. And, yeah, to hear that a film rips, that I really like of his as well it's ripped off one of his students it's it's a great shame damn um, yeah yeah what else so I watched you, the more you tap that sorry <laughs> I, just, I, it, my phone goes off oh, and right. I have to tap it just to make sure okay. it's fine it, it's still recording I otherwise know, it will know. just you'll yeah, 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 tapping yeah. Um, I'm actually whipping Matt as we're recording this <laughs> uh, so yeah I saw 9 to 5 saw Worst Person in the World recently just watched The Northman last night Um but mainly because I have no Wi-Fi uh, at home where I'm living, I, I'm downloading things to watch offline on Disney Plus and Mubi. So I've watched a lot of The Simpsons. I've watched a lot of Bob's Burgers. I rewatched season one and two of Atlanta. Nice. Uh, I just finished Hamilton because you can watch that in spurts. Really, you can. If I'm on the tube, oh, voice crack. We love that. <laughs> if I'm on the tube, I can watch it on the tube, and then I'm I can get off and continue to listen to it without having to look at it because it's a musical and yeah. it's like state like it's the entire thing there's not like oh i need to see how it's shot or anything like that <laughs> um it's really weird finally completing hamilton because i feel like i've been watching it for four or five years in that when it came out or when it got popular in 2016 i was with a bunch of drama students in college and that's all i heard for years <laughs> was hamilton quotes and then obviously now we've got a record a recording of it but um yeah no at least it's, it's, all that says pretty it's pretty good nice no, <laughs> I, i've been meaning to watch it i've been waiting to watch it live um i've been just snobbishly avoiding the disney plus uh version of it just because i don't want to watch a camcorder right. stage thing like yeah. this is meant to be like one of the best musicals kind of of this of the last 20 years i don't want to sure. watch some like a taped version of it basically I want to see it live and yeah. hopefully that'll happen soon nice. stop that Matt okay. it records when the screen turns off I know bad Matt it's just a habit anyway so um, <laughs> let's, let's talk Great about what we've, what we've got in store for yeah. today so um, we're doing two films again one of them my choice one of them your choice and we didn't really have a theme no, so much no. today the very theme much was, pick a mix the theme was more so much like just films we have access films to. we can download <laughs> films we have access to films we can download films we can find basically yeah. um, so the first film for today is my choice mm-hmm. which is a French film called Petite Maman what was that translated to? small mother I believe <laughs> cool. 
Uh, it's a French film by Celine Siama. I chose it because it's, um, so it's on Mubi, and I've been trying to watch more films on Mubi. And it's, I thought it would be appropriate for this episode because, um, you know, what with the Oscars and everything, it's, it's good to reflect on films that came out last year well, that maybe yeah. didn't get as much attention. And right. I thought, you know, I've heard of this film. I like Celine Siama's other film that I've seen, Portrait of Lady on Fire. And I thought it'd be nice. It would be worth checking this one out as well. And it seemed like a nice sort of gentle film to start off with. Uh, and I thought it'd be nice for the podcast. And so the synopsis I have written down for it is... Um, damn, so... synopsis. Oh, damn. <laughs> just a loose It's one. so weird being in person. <laughs> <laughs> so I just write, yeah, it's basically the, the film is after the passing of a little girl's grandmother, her and her parents go to her mum's old childhood home, basically where she grew up with the little girl's grandma, her mother, obviously. They go to clear out this home. And one day the little girl just goes off wandering into the forest, I think, and she meets another little girl who bears a striking resemblance to her and she realises that this girl is not who she seems and we'll get into that uh, later as we talk about this this mm. film yes do you what, what do you have do you, do you have anything to say Joe? <laughs> do I? <laughs> oh the caveats I'm going to have to give for Petite Maman but just like synopsis wise oh yeah. right yeah that's a very apt synopsis yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't know how to talk about this film with certain, I didn't know if a turning point would be a spoiler, or if it, or if if it's been marked. I thought you were going to mention this, and I think um, it's because I haven't, I, I haven't looked into it. So. I think it's fine. I'm going to talk about it okay. because Ooh. it is like the one. This film is a very simple film, and I feel like if we don't, if you talk take away about the credits, it, it's probably not even an hour. <laughs> but like, if we don't talk about the turning point, there's basically nothing to talk about. Right. So I'm going to mention it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to go on forward, yeah, like, no, oh. that's pretty much the story. It's a very very short film. Um, that I somehow managed to watch in like three, four different segments because yeah. life be life. You've been very busy. Um, it's not a film to watch behind the desk at work. Um, <laughs> it's a very slow film for for such a short duration. But then, that's what you get with Celine Siano, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a fa- fairly slow burn. I should have expected. Well, I did expect this. I just wasn't. I just don't think I was in the mood for it when I tried to watch it. Yeah. When I've tried to watch it, um, but. How was this experience for you? No, I I liked it as well. I agree with you. Like it's a very short, very slow moving film. I've only seen one of uh, Celine Siama's other films. I've only seen Portrait of the Lady on Fire. You've seen My Life as a Courgette. My Life as a Courgette, which he wrote but yeah. didn't direct. So I've right. seen that as well. But um, because I'm the same. Those are the only ones I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and just I, I feel like this film, uh, Petite Maman, has a lot of good qualities that it shares with stuff like Portrait of the Lady on Fire. The stuff like it's a very kind of understated film it uses a lot of um it's very well directed and there's a lot of moments where like it'll tell you something about a character in a glance or like where it cuts away from a character it doesn't feel very like on the nose or anything it feels very tender very sort of understated which is appropriate i think for the subject matter because it's told almost completely from her perspective the child's perspective so it has this kind of um you know, the sort of carefree childlike wonder element right. of it with the sort of backdrop yeah. of, you know, adult drama. Kind of like the Florida Project, in a way. Sure. In the yeah. sense that I, it's... Yeah. Like, you, you're honed in on the child's perspective, but you get glimpses of yeah. the sort of more serious adult world. So, it's, yeah. I think you could speak to this. Not 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 to, like, <laughs> do an alley-oop of speak longer, Matt, but um, <laughs> it's not even that. It's, uh, it's the fact that... So, 
uh, Celine Sciamma said uh, said that this film's very Studio Ghibli influenced, and you you've watched a lot of Studio Ghibli films. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it is correct, because Studio Ghibli has a reputation for having films that are very loose in plot, but mm-hmm. are very sort of rich in atmosphere, I right. guess, and kind of expressing or sort of, um, yeah, what's the word, sort of showcasing feelings that are hard to express, like nostalgia right. and sort of whimsy, sort of, like I said, this sort of carefree Grief. nature and... Grief, sure, yeah. yeah. And like I said, a lot because a lot of Ghibli films are also done from children's perspective. Right. There's a lot of Ghibli protagonists are children or mm. like at least young adults or something. So, and this film definitely and has. And in her previous qualities. filmography, it seems like a lot of it's from because she did Tomboy and Water Lilies, which is meant to be same, like, but also from a child's perspective. And then mm. obviously, she's just the writer on My Life as a Courgette. But yeah, which is also she, from a child's perspective she's yeah. clearly interested in that yeah um, absolutely so i don't know how those other films are quite too ghibli vibes but um is it ghibli or ghibli i don't know i say ghibli potato potato um no one says potato, <laughs> no one says potato. <laughs> um but so so you, it's a an apt yeah it's, it's not something i'd thought about until you'd said it right. um which is ironic because i think i've seen more right i've, I've probably i'm just going yeah i was just fully going yeah no it's like, absolutely correct quote. i would say and it has this kind of, it's, you know, it's, um, it's a very gentle film. I think right. if, if I were to pitch this film, I'd say if you like gentle, sort of easygoing, obviously short films, I would say right. this is up your street, go, go and watch it. Cause it is, um, I, I think you said this to me, um, watching this film, it takes a while for the plot to actually get going. Like, like you Majorly. said, there's a turning point. <laughs> so the t- major turning point in this film is that this little girl goes off into the forest away from her parents, she meets a little girl who's like her, who she realises is her mum mm. as a young girl. Hence the basically. title. Hence the title, Petite Maman, Small Mother. Yeah. And that's basically the whole film. It's this little girl. So it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> well, you know, call it what I'm going to talk about it. Right. <laughs> I think it is Mark. I don't know. Like, I'm sure it's been talked it's, about. Cause... If, if, even if not, I feel no guilt talking about right. it. Because like I said, if we don't talk about it, there's nothing else to talk about, really. Because sure. this is kind of the main sort of dramatic anchor point of the film. Otherwise, her... there, there kind of is nothing. Yeah, because the whole, <laughs> the whole thing is her sort of... She, she has... You, you get a sense that although this film is very sort of whimsical and warm, you get a sort of distant quality, I guess, from between the little girl and her parents, because her parents are obviously very busy trying yeah. to sort out the house and they're you know, it's not necessarily like cold, but it just feels very realistic. You know, right. parents don't always have time to attend to everything yeah. the little girl does. And because it's from her perspective, I guess that feeling gets amplified and then a bit more isolation from yeah. from how it's shot of like you barely see them and when you do it's I don't know. They're not angled higher, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well it's like the Florida project. Yeah. And yeah. And, yeah, and um, so she meets this little girl who she realises is her mum mm. as a young girl. and 14 minutes into the film. Yeah, I was thinking about that, of whether the lateness <laughs> so of this turning point is an issue or not. Because I guess, yeah, pacing For me wise, it was, it but then I watched it in like five different parts. But so. I suppose it's, well, it's nice because it kind of amplifies the themes of the film better. Because the whole, this film for me, it it feels, I guess, I mean, I've, I've never been to, uh, it. I guess you could say it's a bit like therapy in a way, okay. <laughs> because we the can whole... say something's therapeutic. Yeah, therapeutic because yeah. it's um, 
the whole film, I guess, for me anyway, it felt like it was exploring the idea that our parents are people too. Yeah. You know, we need to remember that our parents were like us once, they're closer to us when we think... Because when we're very young, we think of our parents as like these very distant, be-all and end-all sort of ethereal figures of knowledge. Mm. But in fact, they're just people. And this film highlights that by, you know, she meets this little girl who she just thinks is just an average little girl and then realises, oh, it's my mum. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of nice because it's... It's very of... matter-of-fact as well. Yeah. Cause it's it... not like this big showy sci-fi reveal. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, by the way, I'm your mum. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like... Almost, <laughs> like, you could argue that... You could... Is this even taking not place? Even done it, yeah. yeah, is this even taking place in real life, or is it just in her head? Right. Who, who knows? Well, mm. if you watch the film, maybe that'll become clearer. But what I'm saying is, in like, it's not <laughs> making a giant song and dance. It's it. not making a giant song and, and dance. When it, you yeah. take away that reveal, is just this kid's life post the death of their grandma and everything, mm. and just living in a new ha- well, they are like moving out of the house or something. Yeah, um, it's just a very matter of fact film. Um, and that, I think, you've got to be in the right mood for, as I very much found out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just... I was lucky enough to I watch this in a kind of yeah. good-focused mood, I don't know. I, guess, I, so. I don't know if it was just, like, if, I, if I'm generally just not a fan of the film, or if I just wasn't in the right space for it. Yeah. Because I really, I love Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I think, but then again, I wouldn't watch that how I've watched Petite Milan, Yeah, because I was going to say, this film shares yeah. a lot of good qualities of uh, portrait of Blade on Fire, but I do have some notes on it, I guess, that it, I guess if you were to pick up a, a flaw out in this film is that it kind of has a lack of drama, I would oh, say. Oh yeah, because the drama comes in 40 minutes into the film. But even then, it's not that dramatic. Like, the, the even Ghibli films, even though they're very loose mm. in their narrative, they still have a very kind of tangible sense of emotion a lot of the time. Like, there's a lot of heavy emotion, a lot of crying, a lot of death in a lot of Ghibli yeah. films, so... But this, a lot of scenes, um, like a lot of the childhood scenes with the main character, they feel very genuine and very sort of natural, but they also sometimes feel quite stoic. Oh, I had in my notes here. They feel like, I don't know, there are some scenes when obviously she's having fun with her mum as a child and they're like, they're making pancakes together, they're having childhood whimsy. But there are other bits where it's like, I didn't, was, it didn't it, move me as much while, as I think it could have done. For a while, I was thinking, Carl, this kid's speaking like an old person. And then you <laughs> get the realisation yeah. later on. But, like, yeah, it's very just, like, hello, yeah. how are you doing today? It is hello? very stoic. And I think while that helps it for its realism, it kind of stops it from kind yeah, of making me as, well, entertaining, but also as emotionally investing as yeah. I could be. Because all the ingredients are there to make this a really sounds so bitter, sort of so emotionally investing film. But... <laughs> It kind of fell short in that regard. And another thing I had here was that I guess if you if the film did a better job at establishing some kind of conflict or disparity between the main character and her mother at the, at the beginning, that, that maybe would have enhanced the drama a little bit more. Also, something that really confused me mm-hmm. and made it difficult for me is that the actors in real life are twins. So mm. a lot of the time I just didn't know which one was which. It took me a while to figure out what was going on because I thought these I was actors. Like, Who's who? What? Yeah, these actors look very similar. Am I just? Am I being stupid? Are they two p- different people? Is it VFX? It can't be VFX because this is low budget and yeah. it's like weirdly. That'd be really weird. good if it yeah. is VFX because it's like really seamless. Yeah. And then I looked it up and like yeah, they're, t- they're twins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know thought... why that was my last assumption that they're twins. <laughs> I assumed VFX before. Maybe it's just because. 
I guess very it's rare, rare that you get it's very rare. twin child actors twin that child are good, actors. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, and they are both good. That's yeah. another positive point. The performances in this film are, are quite good. I just I feel think. like... So, so for, I'll get this point out eventually. Uh, is I, I went to Luca and Encanto being like, oh yeah, a short film. Can't <laughs> wait. And then I watched both of those and I'm like, they could have been way longer in terms of plot. <laughs> and it's the same thing with Petit Maman, where it's like, these. I usually you complain if a film's too long. These films are all too short for me mm. to even have any invest like stake invested, or investment in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah. It, maybe it could have been a bit such longer. a matter of fact quick film. It's like it just is. a little bit longer than a short film. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. No, no, it is, um, and it yeah. And so I just didn't really care. I suppose <laughs> it's because it's very simple, isn't it? At right. its core, it's got very. It's got like what four characters in it: the little girl, yeah. her parents, and not a lot of locations the other either. Girl. Not a lot of locations, and I guess probably three, two to three locations. I guess its shortness is somewhat justified because it does make a very simple point. I think right. about you know parents are real people too. Be nice to your parents, and I suppose it. I, I don't know if if it made that point quickly. If it would have suffered if it had run for longer I, I don't know um right and i don't know if a lot of the <laughs> dramatization that i'm looking for is like holly like hollywoodized like if i'm looking for like these big like no don't go type moments yeah i think this because i'm not saying that those film this film should have that but it's just something missing in for me yeah in terms i mean of, it, yeah that, that it, a film doesn't have to be hollywoodized for it to be no i'm saying is yeah. my expectations are, are my expectations Hollywoodized in, in what Maybe, I'm but, going in to watch? But, I don't know, take something like Lady Bird, which was like this sure. small indie film, right? That that was very dramatic. It felt a lot more kind of well-rounded, very a lot more intense, I think, and the intensity made the scenes of closure and emotional reconciliation a lot more uh, hard-hitting than in this film. But it doesn't feel Hollywoodized, I guess. Right. So you could you could argue that that yeah, that your expectations aren't Hollywoodized. They're just you know you wanted to see a different film. I guess. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. It's, well, I mean, Lady Bird's an American film as well, so that's what, it is an American. So. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like Portrait of Lady, I'm gonna compare the two because it's it's yeah. This like, was a po- yeah. Go on. You know, you go first. You do yeah. Parasite. Whatever you do after Parasite is gonna get compared. So <laughs> Portrait of like that is also a slow burn that doesn't yes. have these Hollywoodized things that I'm think like looking for or thinking of. Not that I'm looking for, but you get the gist. And yet that, you, I felt more in that. Yeah. I felt like, oh no, ah, this happened. Oh no, no. <laughs> Longing, yearning, all this other stuff. Yeah. And with this, I just didn't care. And I, I don't know what, the films are doing different from I, each other I think so. considering I was, they're both yeah. these slow burns I was going to mention this earlier I don't know why I didn't um, I trailed off I think but um, yeah both films you can make comparisons between them both films are very slow burns very like tender slow moving yeah, subtle tender, tender. underplayed films but I think where Portrait of a Lady on Fire differs is that if you look at individual scenes even though they're very quiet like a lot of it's also longer. <laughs> it's longer, but if you, if you look at the individual scenes in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, where they differ, I think, is that although a lot of emotion isn't done through dialogue, it's done through like a glance yeah. or an edit or yeah. the way characters are blocked, I feel like the emotions are a lot more honed in and specific. Like in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I remember watching 
a scene with the two characters and because you know exact you know exactly what both of them are thinking yeah, about yeah. each other you know that there's this longing and i guess i if i'm would say it probably portrait of a lady on fire gives more context i right. guess on a scene by scene basis yeah. it gives yeah. a greater sort of setup of how these characters are feeling which means you feel a greater sense of longing whereas in petite maman i feel like it's maybe a bit more vague very. I don't know if, if that's down to the performances or the way it's written. I, I, I but don't know it's if it's like, just going straight f- straight for atmosphere or not. Yeah, but it's like... So um, it's a very autumnal, cosy film. Yeah. And, uh, but I think if if it's focusing on that too much, it's doing a disservice to all the other yeah. things that are Cause it's needed like, within it to, it's in like order the, to make it a yeah. good time. <laughs> but it's like the scenes with uh, the little girl with her mother, mm. you know. there There are some scenes where... You know, they're very nice, they're very naturalistic, but you don't maybe quite know what emotion you're meant to be feeling yes. in this scene. Because like I said, it's very stoic. The performances so, are very stoic, very kind of the film, real. Yeah. And it's like, where, that's how it differs from Portrait of a Lady on Fire, where like in that film, you'll know just from a glance, right. like, I know the exact drama and dynamic with this. Whereas in Petite Maman, you don't get that as much, I'm, I think. I'm now, I'm now realising that I'm, I feel like the film's look is the majority of it is autumnal mm-hmm. probably just to clash how cold every scene is <laughs> if it was winter do you think that maybe that would be more fitting no no it's not i'm not saying it should be that but i'm saying yeah. it's probably using that in order to because like the scenes a lot of the time it's literally would just be like like me and you talking in a room yeah but about death or something <laughs> like that's about a lot making of... pancakes <laughs> death and pancakes alternative title um but no, you know what I mean, where there's literally just very matter-of-fact minimalist yeah. scenes where it's just, like, the mum and her being like, so, you know, what did you used to think of this place? Ex- Who yeah. do you miss now? And this is kind of what I'm saying. It's missing that kind of dramatic edge. You right. know, that there isn't, like, on a scene-by-scene basis, yeah. there isn't a sort of desire yeah. baked into the scene that the sort of the characters exemplify where... This is a really weird cro- <laughs> crossroads that I'm at now, though, because I feel like, should this film have that? <laughs> I, I think it like should. This, I, I think it could. With the vibe that it's set, it's saying, we, we don't want that. I think, But no, yeah, at the same time, I'm not liking it because it doesn't have that. I, I think it... Not I, that I, I don't like it. Yeah. Like I'm not caring for it. I, I, think it, I think it could have that. I think you can still have a very chilled autumnal vibe whilst having a more sort of vivid and specific sense of emotion and desire between two characters in a scene because that would give it that dramatic edge i think that would make it more watchable more compelling while still having this kind of laid back like you said ghibli aesthetic i think the two those two things that i just described they can coexist in this film they wouldn't cancel each other out they can sure they can coexist Um, it's it's interesting you you mentioned um the florida projects i feel like the endings are quite similar as well Uh, along with the just a childhood wonderment. Is wonderment a word? For the purposes of this episode, Wonderment. Yes. <laughs> you know, ch- childhood whimsy. Childhood wonder, whimsy, uh, yeah. I know like, what you mean. Yeah, I, similar, it's similar to Florida Project in that, not yeah. only in the way that it's shot, but just also the relationship between the two, two children. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my whole point. It is It is lovely. And there are, although I said the, the film is quite stoic, there are some quite... Um, emotional scenes as well. There's maybe a couple. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's not a, a long. Film. Film. Yeah, it's, it's there's maybe like one scenes. or two. <laughs> but there's there's a scene so at the beginning of this film. I don't know how in depth, spoiler wise, you want to go into it. But 
Um, not a lot to spoil. Not a lot to spoil, but there's a really nice scene. So at the beginning of the film, the little girl is at the care home where her grandmother Oh, the very beginning died. of the film. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And she's saying goodbye to all the old residents there, but she didn't get to say goodbye to her grandma the mm. way she wanted to. Well, she's got to say goodbye, but not mm. the way she wanted to. And, you know, being able to see her mum at a young age later on in the film allows her to experience this... Right. Closure. I guess that that moment is the closest I got to feeling a sense of catharsis yeah, yeah. in this film because there isn't much else that's cathartic in this film. It's very nice, mm. but it's not cathartic. <laughs> I think I think for, for me, I just uh, either wasn't in the right mind state for it, or yeah, well, yeah it might have just been that. Um, I would, I would go back to it, just uh, not right now. Um, <laughs> One uh, one thing I do gotta mention is it's also shot by Claire Mathon or Claire Maton, I don't know how to say her name. Previous DP of Portrait of Lady on Fire and of Spencer. Um, oh yeah, she saw she had shot Spencer as well. She's a great DP. Is yeah, what, no, is what I, I say all that yeah, to say. Yeah. Um, very good DP. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is also shot in eight K, like how Portrait of a Lady on Fire was shot. Yeah. But um, like I said, we've been mentioned the entire time. Very autumnal color palette and yeah. It looks very nice. It does. Apart from the cold scenes, but like, it looks very nice. <laughs> if we were to, we, I think we'd yeah. wrap up the film, I guess. Well, we talked longer than the film is. So. <laughs> that sounds so bitter. Yeah, so like, I guess if I were to wrap up the film to conclude it, I would say I would recommend it uh, for one, for its uh, themes, which mm. are very pure and just right minded themes of uh, appreciate your parents, yeah. appreciate the fact that they were people once as well and learn to sort of accept the nuance in your parents' lives. And also just the sort of nice, calm atmosphere of the film. It's a very it's, calm very... Oh, did, did you watch First Cow? No. Yes, oh. I did. You did? <laughs> yeah, I did. Are these films very similar in terms of cosiness? Real quick, I just, sorry, I interrupted your wrap-up. I don't know. Um, I, like, aesthetically, maybe, First Cow is a very different film. Okay, it's exploring right. different ideas about... Like, I don't know. Um. <laughs> I was just saying, I'm wondering if they're the same vibe, that's all. But if they're not... No, then... I got slightly different vibes. I think yeah. aesthetically, yeah, you've got the sort of woodland and the nice cinematography. But I feel like I get a different feeling with, okay. with both films. Right. But yeah, uh, just to wrap up, mm. I think... Um, yeah, it's a very nice film. It's got very true and pure themes that it deals with and it executes them very nicely. It's just a very warm, cosy comfortable film it does childhood perspective very well i think if you're looking for a sort of nice therapeutic comfortable film that but are okay with something that maybe doesn't have a dramatic edge right like say portrait of a lady on fire then this is a, a good film to nice. watch it's a good sort of chill film that also has some intelligence i can recommend what you not do which is watch this film in many different <laughs> segments whilst at work or on the train it's very yes. much not for that. I feel like David Lynch is shouting at me now, watching it <laughs> on your fucking phone. But like, get real. I, this, I had to. That's okay. So... Sometimes you have to. I, I would like to also say that I'm very grateful for your efforts for this because I know you've been insanely busy, and I just I didn't expect you to watch this film at work. I literally just finished it, it before yeah. we got in, and it here, made me so... feel a bit guilty. But I'm That's like, fine. thank you. That's okay. Do you want to give a quick wrap up? Or That's pretty much. You've hit the nail on the head. Um, I want to see. I want to watch Celine Sciamma's previous filmography because I feel like I learned to appreciate this one a bit more as it seems to be similar to 
just from from what I gather so far, it seems to be quite similar to Water Lilies and Tomboy and stuff like that. Yeah. In that childhood stories. Like, that sure. seems to be a bread and butter outside of Portrait of a Lady of Fire. And, um, I always keep considering My Life as a Courgette <laughs> as her film. She wrote it. It's, it's a bit, yeah. It's her film. It, yeah. I don't know, like, in the way that... Oh, wait, no, because I wouldn't consider Scarface an Oliver Stone film. But you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's but, okay. um, don't worry. Yeah, so going from a film that was too short to a film that was way too fucking long. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, oh, right, enthusiasm time. Woo! Um, is The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is on Disney+. Plus. It was your choice. This is my choice. Podcast, yes. AKA, I needed things to download, and I downloaded <laughs> this, and it was it timed up well, matched yes. up well. Um, the, and it, it matched well, timing-wise, because uh, Jessica Chastain recently won Best Actress for this role. So The Eyes yes. of Tammy Faye, um, synopsis off the top of my head, is Tammy Faye is someone that really wants to get into religion as her family go to church and won't let her in because they remind they, the family is worried that it's going to remind everyone there of an affair and look bad on the family. So because of this abandonment, she's fascinated by being a part of the church and being a part of that community sneaks in, feels possessed by the Lord, like, loves the Lord, starts speaking in tongues, becomes a religion fanatic, and through that meets uh, Andrew Garfield, who I don't know the character. Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Jim, but spelled well, yeah, Baker, which is Baker, really yeah. weird. So, yeah. Meets Jim Baker, who's the exact same as her, and they fall head over heels uh, over each other. This is a very, very long-winded synopsis. Um, and This is like act one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do an intermission. Um, and they fall in love uh, because of their shared love of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jim Baker is not what he seems in terms of his attitude to money. And they both become televangelists and in their own network, getting money off of audience goers for the Lord. And things go awry when you're stalling. No, things go awry when they've been playing with the money. Yes. Good synopsis. Yeah. Anything I missed? Mine was from Act One. My my synopsis was literally just: this is a film that follows the evangelist slash TV hosts Tammy Faye and Jim Baker as they rise to fame and eventually fall from grace. Yeah. That was my the, yeah thing. The elevator one. So what what made you choose this film? Um, it was on Disney Plus, and yeah. um, <laughs> she just won. So I just was like, won an Academy Award. Yeah. I, I I didn't realize though that it's a uh, it's, it's it's directed by Michael Showalter who directed The Big Sick, which is a really good oh, film. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, the Kumail Nanjiani one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just I was just fascinated because it was mm. Oscar season and. Uh, the film itself hadn't been talked about as much compared to the performance. Mm. I don't know what I think. Only off the top of my head, the other nominations for it were best hair and makeup. It's a Which very it won. yeah, it it's won a very makeupy makeup. film. Yeah, so much makeup, and uh, I was just interested yeah, to see yeah, what, sure, how it is. Sure. And then Andrew Garfield's also on his own little tear as well with, yeah. with this and Tick Tick Boom and and No Spider-Man. Way Home. He's done well. He's like <laughs> good year. It's like Scarlett Johansson in twenty nineteen. He's yeah. got like just a good. But I I wouldn't necessarily say this film is the Andrew Garfield show. It's the it's the Jessica Chastain. Well, it's yeah, the eyes of Tammy Faye. The eyes of Tammy. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. They are. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I said to Matt, my main takeaway from this film, 
at the beginning at least is that it's a very exhausting film uh it's yeah two plus hours and yeah a little over two hours yeah, yeah. and uh you know following someone that's dealing with you know, rep- like religion and are you, are you okay <laughs> you're trying to tap my phone without if not my phone is no, also no, recording right, sorry <laughs> carry on sorry about that um the heavy subject of religion for two hours along with all the stuff that came with that yeah i found to be quite exhausting that's fair what, enough. what about you so i i found a lot to like about this film i have i have some notes but i want to address the positives sure. yeah this right, film. we need some positives <laughs> uh first and foremost i think jessica chastain was really great oh my god in this film yeah, she's really so fantastic good. so just um Deserved. Off the bat, very deserved. Yeah, I think so because I've seen three of the best actress nominees from yeah. last year. I saw Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Kristen Stewart in Spencer, and Jessica Chastain. And I think of those three, she deserved it the most. I would say. I just have a few notes mm-hmm. on her performance. I think it's just so. First of all, I think she performs. So this film kind of chronicles her life from being a sort of young, like twenty-ish. Yeah. Well, as a young kid first, yeah. but then. Jessica Chastain as a young, like, young adult slash teenager. Yeah. All the way up to being, you know, close to near the end of her life, I guess. And yeah. she plays different ages really well. That, literally, as you were saying that, I was thinking yeah. about how, like, in I, Tonya, when they play 14 or 13, yeah, they yeah. look like SNL. Like, it looks yeah. bad. <laughs> Whereas this, you, like, it's seamless. It's really good. And just the, like, that's partly due to the makeup, I guess. Right, but also but partly just because... There's a performance behind the makeup you know, as well, she, though. You know, so. I don't know how old Jessica Chastain is. She's in her 40s, I think. Right. Something. But she plays, like, a sort of young, sprightly person really well. Yeah. And then becomes old and tired really well. She just... She drew me in very much with her charm this and is very much like the, Tammy Faye had in the, real life. Yeah, the character is very charming despite the, the hardcore evangelism involved. Yeah. But... I think the film goes to explore that in in yeah. how Tammy Faye is realizing a lot of the stuff she's preaching is like exactly. not nice. <laughs> and there's a real there's a real nuance to her acting, yeah. I think, because there's obviously for a lot of this film she maintains this sort of very bubbly, quirky TV persona, and then yeah. there are moments in the film where she kind of is a bit aggravated, but mm. you see her trying to balance her aggravation yeah. with her sort of bubbly persona while still being assertive. It's done really well. Yeah. She does it really, you, really you well. You can see that she's created a personality for herself. Because yeah. it's stated that her character, or, or Tammy Faye, was uh, a, like a big fan of Betty Boop. So she's yeah. trying to do this Betty Boop impersonation. Exactly, while still trying to be yeah. assertive. Yeah, a lot of people said Kristen Stewart was snubbed. I think Jessica Chastain deserved this. I'll okay, go out and say okay. um well, so, also, so yeah, that's one good thing about mm. this film. But her performance is just consistently great. I loved it. Um, also, think of uh, Andrew Garfield. So I'm about to come on to that. Yeah. So um, I really liked uh, the chemistry they had at the beginning yeah. of this film. I think, obviously, this film goes to quite dark places later on, which I'll discuss further mm. uh, later on. But at the beginning, it shows the sort of early stages of Tammy Faye and Jim Baker, played by Andrew Garfield, quite well. I think he does a good job. I thought, yeah, I thought the chemistry between them was just very kind of energetic, very bubbly. Right. And it sort of, it just made me smile like, watching yes, it. Very it just, saccharine. It yeah. made me smile. It was kind of sweet to the tooth. It just, mm. and I think... Which is a good contrast considering the yeah, stuff they're saying. <laughs> exactly. And it just, it works well, I think, because having this sort of very lovely chemistry at the beginning helps not only contrast what happens later on, but it kind of, 
puts you in the shoes of Tammy Faye better and mm. like you feel her sadness and her frustration I think when it gets when it gets to that so I think it was really nice that they established that um sort yeah. of good chemistry um early on I think what do you think of Andrew Garfield in this I, th- I thought he was very good um I still can't get over someone saying he looks like three children in a trench coat. <laughs> um, Who wrote that? That's someone know. on Letterboxd. But um, I think the major pitfalls with this film is that it's very similar to other biopics in that the whole rise and fall, the way it... Ha- it every biopic is the rise and fall. So it's like, yeah. it's just going to look a bit generic. It do- yeah, Or it, feel a bit generic, not look. I but, think um, you're right. It does have the kind of generic biopic sort of yeah. feel to it. But there there were some other negative points I wanted to hone in on as well. Um, specifically, I think the film does kind of fluff up its criminal subject matter a little bit. What um, do you mean? So Jim Baker, I did a bit of research oh, okay. on him. Right. He's he's done some bad things. Oh, okay. He did obviously he was done for fraud yeah. with um, you know um, getting funds for this the PTL company that was this broadcasting religious broadcasting thing for him mm-hmm. um a lot of the money he got to fund that he actually used for personal mm. funds as well so he embezzled money basically yeah. and also there was uh, stuff about uh, jessica hahn who accused him of rape oh, right. a while ago and i feel like the film what glosses over that it, it they mention it but it feels i don't know i didn't feel the weight right. of it i feel like and um it's it's a weird one. So I had another point here about one of the plot points in the film that I'm not sure if I think it's a good one or a bad one. So a lot of this film deals with the sort of uh, marriage melodrama between Tammy Faye and yeah. Jim Baker, yeah. who, like I said, at the beginning, they have lovely chemistry, lovely relationship. But as they go on, they kind of drift apart yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And as they get more powerful. As they get more powerful, they yeah, they drift apart. They kind of dislike each other a bit. And... Uh, Tammy Faye is unfaithful in one part yeah. of the film. She starts seeing someone else and Jim Baker doesn't like it. And on the one hand, and like it, after she's unfaithful, they, they show a scene of her crying on air about how she feels very guilty, which... But she's forced to be on it. She's well, forced so. to be on it. And I, like, so he, he sees every moment as like, oh, yeah. we can turn this into let's get people donating money to the P- P- PLT. Yeah. PTL. PTL. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure how to feel about that scene, because on the one hand, yeah, I guess you can see it as, like, him forcing her to be on TV to be apologetic. In that case, it's good. But it kind of feels like, I don't know, it, may, it maybe felt like it was kind of both sides in the oh, relationship I, I, between them. I didn't, in I didn't the, see it as that. In the I, sense I, that you have, like, Jim Baker doing all this horrible shit, and then right. it's like, oh, Tammy Faye was unfaithful once. Right, so let's, right, right. let's draw that out, and sure. then the whole fraud stuff yeah. kind of... I, I felt <laughs> at the time... It, it was just it was showing oh he's he's just going to turn this into a moment on yeah. tv cuz like she's yeah. genuinely feeling those emotions but he's going oh people are ringing now yeah, like, yeah. in that sense it, it probably works um, then yeah but it, the good thing i liked about it is it it again it does this thing of putting you in her shoes quite well cuz you know you spent a lot of time with her at this point and you you kind of feel her guilt with her i think mm-hmm. or at least i did it's um it feels very visceral, I think. i tell you what, I thought... Yeah, I agree with that, sorry. I just yeah. realised it sounds like I'm cutting you off. And that's not the case. It's just the thought that Vincent D'Onofrio's character is so cartoonishly evil yeah, that he's that was not really point. a character. He's just 
evil man. This like, was, he yeah. is an evil man, but it's it's so obvious that he is because it's yeah. Vincent Offerman speaking like this <laughs> every time. I was going to mention him as well because I, I like Vincent. I propose we do an evil a lot. thing. I, I've watched, obviously, I watched Men in Black recently, which he's very good right. in. And I just enjoy seeing him on screen. And um, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, there's no layers to it. His character is very he's so easy to antagonize. Evil. And it kind of creates a sort of very pulpy, contrived conflict in the film of like, this is the bad character. Mm. These two are the good characters. Yeah. They're against him. It's like, it does a... Doesn't make it It does a green book in the way. Oh, right. And it's like, oh, we're going to give you a character who's easy to hate. Sure. Who makes this character easy to like. It's kind of lazy. But I wasn't sure to what extent to criticise that, as right. I know this is based on a real person. Sure. And it's just in the performance. Like, yeah. It's just He's doing so like obvious. a John Huston impression as well in the film, isn't he? <laughs> Do you think? I don't know. I got a little bit of just like Daniel sound, that's Plainview. That's how Vincent D'Onofrio kind of... sounds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're going to make good broadcasting, Jim. L- legit. <laughs> it's like... We're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I just... Yeah. No, I just thought it was yeah. a very 2D villain. It's very... It's not even a villain, because you don't yeah. need a villain in this story. They're all, they're all grey, murky area characters. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of... He's too easy to dislike, in a way, I think, in the sense that he's introduced just to be an antagonist. It's not to, to, and we're not saying that and... to just... We're not justifying anything <laughs> he says. It's just like... Yeah. That there's no subtlety to it no, no, no nuance isn't. to it yeah and it's... sure his p- opinions aren't nuanced but or weren't nuanced yeah but like you know there, there's characters in in films that have been like very obviously like these hateful prejudiced villains mm. but they've got they still show human sides to them in order to make it more complicated and, yeah. and try and get you to see things from their eyes in order to yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the well, villain doesn't think yeah. they're the villain. And, <laughs> and whereas this that, character's like, I'm the villain. And they, you can like, argue <laughs> they did that to an extent with uh, Jim Baker's character. Because, right. you know, they show him very early on. You you warm to him, don't you? But then you realise he's done But wasn't your, wasn't your complaint that they they don't... They, they're too grey on him. Yeah, they it felt... Yeah, it, it kind of felt a, a bit too sort of washed over, right. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Still, they were trying, I guess. Mm. <laughs> um, what else? Another thing I liked about this film, I think it does a good job at capturing that kind of campy aesthetic of this, um, the religious broadcasting program that they were part of, this yeah. kind of, you know, Tammy oh, Faye's very yeah. sort of big persona. At the beginning, I was straight up, he was just like, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, Mr. Rogers. I felt like he was, <laughs> he was wasn't he? religious <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Just the way he looks as well, his hair yeah. and the way he dresses, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then also, obviously, I think I saw somewhere that someone said that um, they could have gotten really honed in on how absurdist Tammy Faye is. Mm. Like, they don't really hone in on it that much. With the, Like, they still show the crazy makeup and the singing and everything. Yeah. But, like, this is quite a... Men- big personality that they're dealing with and I guess maybe they're just trying to humanise it but mm. you felt it was too toned down in a sense I, I don't know if I feel that I'm just going oh, off right. of what people are saying maybe it's just too I think they could have owned maybe they could have owned it a bit more mm. I don't know it's just a thought because um, it's fairly well, it's not a matter of fact like, I think it strikes a good balance, like yeah. largely because, like I said, Jessica Chastain's performance. She right. she does do a good balance of maintaining this, you know, very loud, uh, cartoonish persona whilst 
still making room for little nuances and little right. personal elements. I, I think that was done well. I, yeah. I think that was done very well. This is the second film that showed a Diet Coke and made me want to go grab one. That's <laughs> how easily... And it, that's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> that's how easily influenced I am. That and Young Adult. Young Adult. It's the first one I remember. Great thought to be had. Another thing I wanted to mention... <laughs> yeah, you just skip over it. Is um, I was going to mention the documentary that this right, film is right. based on. I, I so, couldn't yeah. watch it. I couldn't find it anywhere where it was accessible. I watched the trailer of it and it's got a lot of clips in it that feel... That are obviously, the film does verbatim, which right. is quite cool. Um, so if you want to watch... It's a, it's a documentary that's also called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, okay. That's probably why it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Uh, I tried to find it. I couldn't. If people, if listeners out there can find it, please seek it out. Go watch it. Maybe go watch it before watching this film, I guess. Yeah. It's like the the kind of Won't You Be In My right. Neighbor documentary versus the It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah. The documentary, which is better, I think, like yeah. way better. Um, right. It's probably a case for most documentaries with biographical dramas because it's I guess more unfiltered so sure. if we're looking at truth I can't think of like any other other quality, ones outside of that yeah neither can I um, um yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but yeah go go seek out the documentary if you can find it let us know where hit us up in our that's a rap podcast dms <laughs> tell us where it's available because I wouldn't mind watching it honestly that um, and the oscar animated shorts Oscar animated shorts. They're always in weird crevices of the internet. Yeah, I, c- I tried to watch them this year, but I, I couldn't find most of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could... Uh, well, so, okay, what do you yeah. think this film's got going for it outside of uh, Jessica Chastain, her performance and her winning? What do you think this film's got going for it? Uh, like I said, I think it's got the sort of... Um, the element of portraying the sort of campy nature of this broadcasting program that they were part of right. the, yeah, you know, the PTL club showing how, I, I, I don't know if absurd is the right word, but very kind of illustrious over the top yeah. and contrasting that with kind of more accepted sort of conservative religious values. Yeah. I think, I think it has that going for it. Um, mm. Examining that. Cause there are a few characters who are kind of, that their role is sort of the voice of traditional religious values, like Tammy right. Faye's mum. She doesn't. She she has. She's a very religious lady, but she is very much like, like I said, sort of conservative, yeah. almost Protestant style religion. Right. And that you know she's very modest. She just goes to church. Whereas Tammy Faye is kind of the opposite end of that, preaching, yeah, love and everything. So uh, yeah, a thought I had, as you you just reminded me of is a. Uh, Andrew Garfield, after doing this in silence, must have such a skewed <laughs> view of relig- Christianity. I didn't make that connection. That's just That's interesting. Two heavy films about religion. Also, I guess another thing this film does well is uh, highlighting Tammy Faye's views. Because um, also, although she was a very she was an advocate for Christianity and preaching yeah, Christian still values, very still very progressive in yeah. terms of the LGBTQ community. Um, and they even showed a very long scene with her speaking to uh, one of the viewers who is a, a gay man, basically. And it's got AIDS. And well. it's got AIDS. And, you know, it shows her getting very emotional, very empathetic with this man. And I, and there I is... think the way they went around that was good because if played the wrong way, it could have been seen as if she's making it about her. And it's it, 
she's not. She's just genuinely it, it upset. Does, yeah, because it it, it, it could have been played as if oh, I'm making it about myself. Yeah. I'm sad, but no, like the way the way this character, because I I don't really fully know Tammy Faye like that. Yeah. Uh, the way this version of her is displayed is that someone that is very like a hyper empathetic and feels everything very deeply. Yeah. So is genuinely upset. When a stranger in a like is telling her these exactly, things. it doesn't feel like she's mugging to the camera. Yeah, because you have the context of the type of person. Yeah, she is. I read a, somewhere someone online said that a potential problem with this film is that it makes Tammy Faye look almost maybe too innocent. Right. In the sense that she's kind sure, of naive. She's still in the scandal. Yeah, yeah, she's she's part of the scandal, but every time like there's a scene where her mother says, "Hey, there's an article in the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, your husband has been." done for fraud and she's like mm, i don't know about that right, right, and it's right. kind of you know yeah. i guess the film is is aware of of that but mm. it kind of the the comment was that it yeah. kind of portrays her too innocently yeah i suppose and I, I guess and that kind of goes back to what i was saying about how this film does kind of fluff up its criminal dealings and it, it's a, it's a fairly it, it doesn't hit as hard yeah. as i feel like it should have like been. i said it's like it's fairly the standardized structure of a biopic yeah. in that rise fall yeah not aware and i swear yeah. like from what i remember it's been a little while since i've watched this film in full i think you saw it more recently mm. but i from what i remember the fall element of it the kind of the fraud those mm. things is kind of condensed to a montage quite yeah. near the end like every whereas, mo- whereas <laughs> the bulk of this film is like i said it's the melodrama yeah. it's the you know the marriage the kind of oh tammy Faye slept with someone else let's draw this out oh you really forget about <laughs> right. the stuff he did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no maybe i'm being no i actually agree with you yeah like, it's <laughs> it's yeah it could have been a bit more hard-hitting i think and less like you said less generic have fewer um characters that are kind of too easy to to antagonize there are characters that aren't characters they're just like they're just mouthpieces for the, for the yeah like 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 vincent d'onofrio but with the sidekicks as well yeah um yeah you could argue the mother is i felt like i thought she got a bit more well-rounded yeah. towards the end um because at the beginning she's just evil like strict mum. Mm. um but then you get a sense that she's called a very uncomfortable with this. She just feels kind of awkward in with what Tammy Faye's doing. Like she's yeah, not actively as, against... as she's getting wealthier as well. Because yeah. that was an interesting like dichotomy in that um Tammy Faye's family is a poorer family, whereas uh Jim Baker's got these really weird skewed views on poverty where he's just obsessed with wealth mm. and how them two like then come together and then the family reacting to these extreme, uh, like acts of like they've got multiple properties. They buy her house, minks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was an interesting element that that, that clashing. Mm. But um, not to say it hasn't been done before. But like, <laughs> I'm just thinking like Wolf of Wall Street and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just a thought. Um. I am like wary with with this film because obviously I I didn't yeah we don't know how accurate it is I don't know how accurate it is I don't know much that's, I, that's I, why let's talk about it in terms of this version of it yeah yeah I did a little the... bit of research before obviously the podcast mm. to try and kind of back up what I'm saying but you know it's like with the um, with the abuse allegations right. sure. that Jessica Hahn put forward against Jim Baker I, I don't know it's the same issue with the conclusion with, with I Tonya and Wolf of Wall Street in that. 
in these, it, it's, it's, they're not super realistic and true. Mm. It's just you have to go off of it, off of these, this version of the film, these, this version of these characters. It, I wouldn't, I wouldn't treat it as this is how it was. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, I Tonya is very not. Like barely care about Nancy Kerrigan, but I told you, and then, and then is, is a lot more is like Jordan yeah. Belfort, the best. Yeah, like like <laughs> like considering I Tonya though. First of all, I I don't know how accurate it is, right? But it is. It's a much more hard hitting film. Okay. I think it felt. I felt a lot more because there's a lot of heavy stuff in I Tonya. Very. There? There's a lot yeah. of like abuse and kind of you know obviously criminal activity. But I feel like it does that with a much more kind of razor's edge. Right. Than in than in this film, this film kind of, I guess uh, the reason I think of that is how bit. it glosses over Nancy Kerrigan in the same way you're saying it, it glosses yeah. over uh, Jessica. So mm. Mm. it's just those three films are very similar, yeah, and very <laughs> Oscar adjacent. Yeah, well, they all won. Yeah, but I'm saying in, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, of structure yeah, yeah. and how. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and it's kind it, of. So I'm trying to think why people should see this in terms. It's not doing much different. But it's also still quite interesting in that I think if this character is interesting and also for me this sort of hyper obsession with religion is quite interesting for me. Mm. I don't know. Um because it's showing it to be like this bad thing, but then it's also showing why someone would go down this route because they feel a sense of community and feeling loved and want to bestow that onto other people, not justifying yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm talking about Tammy Thay, uh, in regards to, like, she basically becomes this maternal figure for uh, a lot of the LGBT community mm. within the film. Um, so it it doesn't all outright paint religion with a bad brush, but some some of it. Some, <laughs> some, some bad brush. I don't know. <laughs> right, stream of consciousness there, but, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I can see how it would, it kind of makes her seem as like this naive saint mm. um which i don't know if she was or not mm. so. go check out the documentary yeah that we haven't seen that we haven't seen <laughs> well i'm imploring you to find it for um, me i think definitely watch it for jessica chastain definitely watch it for the makeup mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i think if i were to conclude about this film i would say definitely watch it um yeah one for jessica chastain's performance and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, Andrew Garfield's performance. Not to deride him in any no, way. No, it's just that it's Justice not Justine his film. Is, is the it's, queen of yeah. this film. <laughs> She's amazing in it. And also just, yeah, the subject matter is quite interesting, actually. I think the sort of, this sort of Ziploc commercialization yeah. of religious values, it's a very interesting contrast to explore. Yeah. Uh, not only in a sort of macro sense of like what it says about religion and what it says about how religion should be preached, whether it should be in this kind of more modest way or in a more sort of televised way but it's it is also interesting if you want to catch like a snippet of what these characters yeah. were like you know the sort of what make them tick what kind of the per- just their personalities their personalities their, their sort of their they're trying uh, to be this criminal nuclear, values they're yeah. trying to be this nuclear family but yeah yeah and it's interesting to explore because of you know the criminal activities that took place mm-hmm. and I don't think it's, like you said, this film isn't going to be the be-all and end-all of that particular story. And I think if you want to know about this story, I would suggest maybe researching it further. Um, 
because you know obviously it's it's a biopic it's not going to tell you the whole right. truth but also the tone of it kind of cushions sure. that truth a little bit yeah. so i would say watch it to be enticed but yeah. don't watch it to be solely educated right i would say yeah, i agree with would that. be my conclusion and yeah watch it yeah. for jessica chastain and the makeup it's yeah it's current, <laughs> currently on disney plus it's on disney plus um yeah um it's been an interesting one that yeah it's, 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 I, I feel i'm still rebooting if that makes any sense <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? Um, Major picked me up from last episode as well. Uh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, I feel a lot more energetic than I did in last episode. Oh, I'm not episode. even talking about that. I'm just talking about subject matter. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one has been easier, to yeah. say the least. Um, um, no, it's been yeah. nice having you here in person, Joe. As oh, always. Thank you. It's weird doing the, the sinking clap and that it's not delayed. <laughs> it's really weird. Um... Yeah, these these both of these films are on Mubi and Disney Plus. Those yes. are the two streaming services. Go that see on. them and go watch the documentary as well, the Tammy Faye documentary, if you can find it. I he just really wants to see it. I do well. I don't. Want, I feel bad about talking about this film sure. without also mentioning the lesser known, right? But probably more thorough film right. that preceded. Yeah, yeah. It, so. It's like with the yeah, it's like yeah. the whole beautiful yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. But yeah, I think yeah. that's that's all from us today. And that's a wrap. Woo! <laughs>